0: Polished off 150 entries into the DraftKings NFL best ball millimaker, $5 entry. 10 billion opponents in the tournament, but we're going to walk through my exposures, player combinations, roster construction, stacks, everything for this specific, crazy, biggest best ball tournament in 2022, the DraftKings millimaker. Let's do it. All right, guys, it's here. It feels like it's been an absolute marathon getting through $155 drafts. I know some of you guys are much bigger sickos than I, smashing a lot more drafts in a lot shorter period of time. Um, I think DraftKings has its own own, um, interesting quirks with smashing a high volume of drafts. I was trying to get in my final remaining drafts right before right before this show and um i'm pretty i'm pretty excited about where it all ended up and i think it's actually I, I i wanted to two two parts to this so let's cover a high level strategy of i wanted to call out this specific tournament and also talk about draft kings in general draft kings doesn't really honestly despite the fact that it's you know an absurdly massive company with tons and tons of different tournament options for us and probably the softest fields in best ball. It really doesn't get talked about as much, partly because some people don't like drafting on there with, you know, how it's in the app or whatever, but you know, that's fine. More, um, EV for the rest of us, if people don't want to talk about it, but the, this $5 tournament that they have is the biggest from an entrance perspective you know, from an, uh the amount of entrants that are in it, almost nine hundred thousand entries <laughs> into this tournament, and I think the pace is pretty crazy. Um, I don't know if they'll fill it, but these turn these these uh, drafts fill insanely fast. So I suspect they'll fill it or come pretty close. But it's a it's a very unique um tournament in the space because even more so than Best Ball Mania Three on Underdog. The like find the amount of I mean it's double the amount of entrance basically to Best Ball Mania three and it's double the amount of final round participants to Best Ball Mania three. I mean you you make it to week seventeen like that's great you're like yes made the final still got to beat a thousand people on DraftKings and so what all that means I wrote about um, kind of this this general strategy on spike week. And I kind of talked about, uh, I'm trying to find this. Apologize. I kind of talked about if we go to the playbooks here, we go to the DraftKings $5. millimaker maker. I kind of talked about, um, uh, not contest timing. Let me see here. Timing of drafts. Um, I talked about barbelling, you know, this, but um, the, with this, as you see here with this massive final with what's going to be assuredly tons of crazy good teams making it to this final. Something I felt passionately about for this specific tournament is I wanted to kind of get out ahead of the chaos of camp and preseason and all that. And honestly, you're kind of just hoping to run good. What does run good means? I I have no idea. Luckily I was drafting some guys who have risen the IK Isaiah McKenzies of the world um you know uh i'm trying to think of of, of some other players uh, right mvss and those those types that have risen a ton you know i've also <laughs> was drafting david bell much earlier so it, it it you know there's variance in whether you got closing line value on players but more so than closing line. Julio is a good point. Hacker brings up. Hacker brings up Julio. I don't even know if I've drafted Julio. If I did, it was probably an auto draft. So there's a miss, right? Julio was a, a miss from a closing line value perspective for me. But in general, what I was trying to do with this tournament was get out ahead of all the camp news, preseason news, preseason action, and kind of just hope to run good on finding my stumbling my way into a super team everybody just always assumes because we remember last year that it's like, Oh, you got to get the cam maker situation. And of course running backs are the spot where I, you know, you can benefit the most from, right? I draft Dearness Johnson, which I'm, I did a lot of, you'll see here in a little bit. I drafted a ton of Dearness Johnson. Um, hoping the Brown situation just works out in my favor, right? He gets traded, hunt gets traded. Maybe somebody gets hurt. And now I have a twentieth round pick, nineteenth round pick. That is just an absolute smash. Will that happen? I have no idea. But I wanted to draft these teams because of the structure, specifically of this tournament, earlier to kind of hope to run good. It with a five dollar entry. You know, it's less than a thousand bucks to, to hundred and fifty max this whole thing. So it's it's not a huge part of my general best bar pull. Best ball portfolio. So I'm fine losing those. <laughs> like if I lose this $750, I'll be okay. And I just wanted to, you know, set myself up in a way to give me 150 shots basically on a super team. Get lucky, and maybe Dearness it, it get gets thrust into a prominent role and maybe you run right Henderson. I was drafting a lot of Henderson. We'll see that. Um, maybe this Henderson acres thing is really is a split or maybe Henderson benefits again from cam acres. Maybe a, um, Isaiah Pacheco situation who I have a little bit of, not a lot. Um, that guy is actually the starter in Kansas city, right? It's not just injury injuries, the easiest and cleanest path to, uh, to some crazy value on your later round guys, but it also doesn't have to be that way. It could be right. Isaiah McKenzie. I was taking Isaiah McKenzie and he just, maybe he just wins that job. You know, maybe a young player just ascends into a role that we didn't expect. And so you're just hoping to kind of create a super team by drafting all of your teams early, knowing that the risk is higher. Also knowing that on DraftKings, you know, the DraftKings drafts are soft, pe- soft period. I mean, I just posted one yesterday, the first draft I did in the morning, Tom Brady went 101. And so, you know, drafts are soft period, but they're, if you've drafted at all on DraftKings over the last couple of years, you know, you know, the late August and September DraftKings drafts are just crazy soft, but the counter is, there are other tur- I'm 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 not gonna stop draft. This is not the only tournament I'm drafting in on DraftKings. I'm gonna come back. They have some really cool single entry tournaments. If you want to bump up in stakes to, you know, they might have some two hundred dollar, two hundred dollar single entries. They have the five hundred and fifty-five dollar tournament, they have the two thousand dollar tournament if you're really feeling frisky. They have the four dollar twenty max, you know, they have the twenty-five dollar. There's a ton of different options for tournaments. So I I don't have to like just stray. I I still get access. To those DraftKings drafters that are coming in late in the year and are not, you know, and are are maybe softening up the rooms even more. So I felt like it was the best middle ground for me to be able to kind of have my cake and eat it too and allow myself 150 shots at, you know, maybe some teams that give me an actual, real, true edge on the field in this specific tournament when I really need it. You know, this isn't one of the tournaments where you got to beat 10 people, 20 people, even 50 people in the final. You got to beat a thousand almost. And so I felt the best way for me to do that was to kind of honestly, you know, try to take advantage of the chaos of the offseason. And so um, I finished up my drafts just a little bit ago. Um, being totally honest, I I, I have one more. I, I only have 149. Don't sue me. Don't sue me for lying about the amount of uh, the amount of drafts that that I've done. But um, I'm saving that one more for a stream. We're gonna stream a, a a millie maker draft here pretty soon. But we'll call it complete, right? Um, let me go to DraftKings here in Draft IQ. Look at that, 149 teams. Look how fast that puppy works i just finished up my my teams my drafts like literally i was messaging with hacker and uh like (laughs) less than 10 minutes before the stream started and they're already up in here um how fast this thing is going um so before we dive in let's hit a couple of uh of some of the comments i wasn't trying to ignore you guys javier welcome javier sweet um avi uh javier says hello i'm currently drafting in the 11th spot and usually going swift and Kamara, barkley adams um, one of the three obviously what do you guys think of that strategy i'm scared of the running backs in the third and fourth especially at the end um a couple things uh you'll see as i start at one when we get over to my to my teams uh i also i'm not drafting a lot of those third and fourth round running backs almost never actually um but i i don't necessarily think that means you have to force the swifts i do like i have a good clip of swift i have a good clip of saquon too not much Kamara, but. um Swift and Barkley, uh, 100%, I'm, I'm definitely drafting. But just because I think you don't like the ECNs and Akers and Zeeks um, and those guys, you'll see You know, there are other alternatives that you can have. And I draft a lot of zero running back teams. And so that's a path. Um, the 11th spot can be a Kelsey or Diggs spot at times. Um, it could be an Adam spot, and then the second round could be a CD or a Debo or a Mark Andrews or something like that. So there are definitely other alternatives. But in it, from a general perspective, I absolutely do not dislike. Like, uh, I like DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift on DraftKings is great. Saquon Barkley on DraftKings is great. Um, I'm not quite as high on Alvin Kamara, but I think he makes he also makes a ton of sense on DraftKings if we take away kind of some of the um, ex- non football related risks that that he has. And, and clearly I like um, the Devontes and digs and CDs and, and all of that. Um, let's see. Devin says I've max entered the $5, $3 and the $5 one fifty max. So this tournament that we're talking through here. So Devin, we're on the same page um, plus the $3 and $4, 20 maxes. I hope they add another 20 max before the season starts. Seems like they don't fill fast enough though. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to pull it up. But um, just while we're talking about that, I'll just quickly glance and see about how many more. So the $4.20 Max that's open right now is 116,000 entrants, and it has about 32,000. So um, I would say that that's in a, in decent shape, but um, we'll, we'll see. Whereas the 5 dollars millimaker is more than half full. So it's at about 480,000 entries into the 837,000 person field team field. The $25 is uh, also about half full with about more than half full, 13,000 entries into the 23,000 person field. So DraftKings is pacing really well. They can't, can't seem to fill any of the $2,000 drafts, which is funny. Um, But Everything else, the $12 single entry is on a really good pace. They have a $200 single entry, which is 348 out of 1,000 already. So, a bunch of different options for DraftKings. And I do think they're willing to open to open more. They might be a little smaller, but I do think they'll be willing to, to open more. I, I generally agree, Eric, that CLB is a myth in best ball. We've talked about CLB in uh, the old Spike Week Discord. Check the link in the in the description for the free best ball Discord. Um, we talked about that. I don't need to hit on the CLV thing. Like we can let's stick to the DraftKings conversation. Let's see. Um, yeah, exactly. Victory lapping uh, closing line value is the only reason to uh, to draft and the week one. week one, when Gabe Davis catches two touchdowns in week one, and when I can say, you know. I was drafting Isaiah McKenzie, bros. You idiots, you weren't taking Isaiah McKenzie. Now look where he's going. I was getting him in the last round, dummies. It doesn't really matter if he helps me win, but I can tell you that I drafted I drafted the guy before he rose. That's what counts, right? I get extra fantasy points if I got close. You got closing line value on Julio Jones. Doesn't matter if he's 40 years old and pulls his hammy again in week 3, you got closing line value, guys. Remember, you can take that shit to the bank. Um Yeah, I did I did try to uh I did try to make you guys think I did. I did 150. We're at we're at 149 because I'm saving one one for a stream. I'm trying I'm trying to decide when I'm going to do the last Millie Maker stream. I think I'm going to save it for a little bit closer to the season, but you know how people like Millie Makers and such. Um Definitely, definitely un-unclick. And then um, before we hop in, just hitting the last couple of uh, questions. Andrew says, "Have you noticed a big difference between your exposures on DK and Underdog?" Yes, definitely. And we can look at some of that too if we if we get around to it. Um, a couple different things. The first thing that I have noticed is that my um, let me click over that you'll see my team structures. I have um uh, almost predominantly hero and zero running back running back teams N- like no robust running back teams I have like forced myself to do the robust thing uh, a couple of times um and same thing with the the dual rb a couple of times right 20 so 23 times out of out of 150 it's really just been uh zero rb here rb or some obviously you know this is 58% and this is um, 20%. So there's 22% of, of teams that definitely skew more towards this hero and zero side. They just maybe fall into the middle. And so I do that on underdog. You know, I'm, I'm very much uh, a wide receiver tight end quarterback early, but with the scoring of DraftKings, with uh, two things with 20 rounds, Being able to tack on more running backs without having to forego, you know, as many of the studs at the other three positions. And with the scoring being full point PPR with 300 yard bonus, 100 yard rushing bonus, and 100 yard receiving bonus, it's just so there are just so many more paths to passing points from the quarterback, as well as obviously from uh, receivers, which also in turn makes the zero running back team is more valuable because the J.D. McKissicks and the old James Whites, the Naheem Hines, those guys have more potential to help you along on DraftKings, right? J.D. McKissick doesn't even have to carry the ball, but if you catch seven passes for 60 yards, he can make my lineup and be totally fine. He can outscore some of you know the Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery's, etc of the world, right? He could outscore J.K. Dobbins could have a good game, but not catch a pass. And I like J.K. Dobbins. I've drafted J.K. Dobbins. He could outscore those guys, even if they score a touchdown, just be just because he's catching passes. And those are so valuable on DraftKings. And so I skew much more wide receiver heavy, which in turn, like you, you'll see some differences in exposure. I mean, the, the, there's also obviously the natural part of the markets being a little bit different, right? I, I have my fair share of Hollywood Brown here. You see, um, as my top exposure player in the DraftKings Millimaker, he's not my top exposure player on Underdog. So that's just a a very clear one. Kyler is one of my highest exposure, one of my highest exposure quarterbacks on on underdog. But on DraftKings, it was like, (laughs) I almost had to, this is, I'm at 38% Kyler. I almost had to force myself away from him because I did want to have some of those other, other quarterbacks. I didn't want it to be only Kyler. I did want to take a stand on Kyler, but I didn't want it to be only Kyler. Um, that I was taking a stand on here. You obviously see Trey Lance. Then you see Chris Evans, Kenny Gainwell. Um, one, one thing, um, I took a much bigger stand actually on specifically this bear stack, Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney on DraftKings. We had a long conversation in the discord yesterday. If you remember talking about, uh, <laughs> talking about the bears and talking about bad teams and, and, and all of that. And I get anybody's um, opinions on the bears. I think the bears are going to suck as well. I'm worried about the bears, but on DraftKings, I think a fields and Mooney are cheaper. B there's 20 rounds. And so I can kind of maneuver my way around what could be potentially, um, you know, maybe like a, a low advance rate type season from the Mooney and fields, uh, from the Bears in in general, but I'm very bullish on that that game that they have in Week 17, and I was really hyper focused on Week 17 in this in this tournament with uh, again a thousand people in the final. I was really worrying not worrying. I was really like. Um, Again, hyper focused in on week seventeen, and when I can get Darnell Mooney in the sixth, seventh round, and Fields in the th- sometimes Fields is falling like crazy far on on DraftKings, and that just doesn't really happen on Underdog. So they became a lot more of uh, a focus for me ha- playing the Lions in week seventeen. Um, and there's a lot of Lions you know that you can that you can pair with them. Um, Kyle Pitts is a priority on on both sides. I'm trying to trying to see here if there's anybody else that really stuck out to me, well, you see Velas. So it wasn't just Mooney. It was um, the bears there. I, d- I think Heinz Heinz is a guy um, you see 20% of here. I definitely don't have 20% in best ball. Mania. I don't have uh, all that much. Naheem Hines in best ball. Mania or on underdog generally um, at all. And so, but he fits kind of what we were talking about earlier with the pass catching and being a little bit more of a zero RB type drafter than Naheem Hines of the world. Really fit into that, into that um, strategy. So, first thing I mentioned, kind of how I was approaching the this tournament from, like a draft early, get it over before camp, and all that. And then I kind of just briefly touched on just now the week seventeen thing um, with this tournament being having a thousand people in. The final, when it came to week 17, you, you can make it there to the final round and only make $250 and you say, Oh, I turned $5 into 250. That's great. It is. That's great. That's great. ROI, but I'm drafting. I'm spending (laughs) right. These drafts take 45 minutes. I do all fast drafts. These drafts take 45 minutes and I do 150 of them. And I spend the whole time. And so that's, you know, $750 that I just spent and countless hours of my life putting these teams together. I really don't want it to be for $250, right? I make the final and I 150 max this thing and I lose $500, (laughs) you know? So, like, I would like to really shoot for the moon here. And so how do I do that? I get, I take kind of some stands around some week 17 things. That's where the bears came from. The Bears have the matchup with the Lions, um, so you see, fifty-two percent of fifty-two percent, fifty-two of my teams, thirty-five percent have uh, Bears and Lions stacks. With the most um, back to uh, the original comment from Javier about DeAndre Swift, you see, I have a lot, lots, lots of Swift Mooney, right? Fields, Fields and Swift, Field Swift Mooney, lots of these <laughs> Field Swift and Mooney was a priority for me, as you can see here in this little bit of Jamal, a little bit of Jameson, a little bit of a Right. But I did make some, some stands around some games. The the biggest one being Denver, Kansas city, in which 51% of my teams have um, stacks around that game. And then 47 have obviously when we see, when we, pivot over here back over here again when Hollywood is my highest exposure player Kyler is my third highest exposure player and obviously then highest exposure quarterback naturally I'm going to have a lot of the Arizona Atlanta game I think that's actually that was that was actually my favorite game to kind of take a stand on in this specific tournament because Kyle Pitts is available there for you and Drake London is available there for you let me know uh, so you see, I have 29% Kyle Pitts, 13% Drake London, 9% CPAT, 6% Algier, and 4% Brian Edwards from, from the Falcons. So I was, Pitts, Pitts was definitely a huge priority for me in, in general. And then the fact that he matched up with, uh, with Arizona was just like icing on the cake, right? And then I mentioned the Denver KC thing where the Denver KC thing is such a funny, it's kind of like the chicken or the egg um i want those teams period like if they had a shitty week 17 game i would still be targeting the chiefs and the broncos because i just think they're both two of we're going to we're next year i can't tell you honestly which of the chiefs which of the broncos are going to be going in you know certain ranges of the draft but i i feel extremely confident that There's going to be Broncos going higher than they go now, and there's going to be Chiefs going higher than they go now. I don't know if it's Juju, Sky, MBS, CEH, Isaiah Pacheco. I don't know if it's Melvin Gordon. I don't know if it's Alberto. I don't know if it's Greg Dolchich or Jerry Judy or Sutton, Javante. Actually, I'm very confident Javante will be going higher. But you know what I mean? I I am very confident that both of those teams have smashes on them, period. Then they happen to play each other in Week 17. And uh, Denver happens to have like just an absolutely incredible playoff schedule. Period, as you see here, I actually have more. <laughs> actually, have if we look at week fifteen, which is not something I prioritize, but the sheer fact that Arizona and Denver were such priorities for me, I have fifty three percent of stacks of that game in week fifteen, which theoretically can help me then advance. And I even have twenty five percent of the Denver and LA game in week sixteen, right? And thirty three percent here of the Bucks and Arizona game in and uh, and oh god, Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo at Chicago. I'm sure the weather will be beautiful for that, and I can't imagine how the uh, the Bears will fail me in Week 16 in in windy Chicago against last year's number one DVOA defense, the Buffalo Bills. That that assuredly will go well. But uh, but you see that I made that was part of the the foundation of my strategy. Normally, like you obviously still start with your projections and your rankings and your roster construction and all that, and we'll get into some of the roster construction too. But just because of how unique this tournament was with that crazy final round, the absurd amount of, of entries and the really low total dollar investment that it took to put into this, I really wanted to prioritize all of these, these Week 17 games um so you kind of see you know you don't you don't actually see very much 14%, 14% of the 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 Rams Chargers game which i'm actually totally okay with um and this is about kind of what i was hoping for basically these four games was about pretty much what i was hoping for um probably honestly would have preferred even a little bit more of the Arizona Atlanta game is just Atlanta. Atlanta really only has two dudes that I even want. And so yet I'd have forced myself to take, you know, some CPAT and some Algier, Algier, eight string running back, Tyler, eight string, uh, Algier. Uh, Yeah. So uh, anyway, Jay says uh, these percentages explain all the kickback and discord betting on bad teams. Yeah, definitely. Um, But it is funny because I Yeah, for anyone that's not a part of the Discord or missed the conversation, we had a long uh, chat yesterday. A bunch of people in the Spike Week Discord about uh, (laughs) bad teams. Like some people were saying, I can't like they just don't believe you can pick players on bad teams, and um, I don't agree. But I, but I, I do generally like when I when it's time to put my money where my mouth is. Right, my projections, my rankings, and all that. Of course, take into account. Situation. I prefer to draft players on the Bills, too. I prefer to draft players on the, the Chargers and the Rams and the Chiefs and everything, too. That's why you see my highest exposure players at the top here are on good offenses. Hollywood, Gabe, Kyler, Isaiah McKenzie is my fourth highest-owned player. It's not because Isaiah McKenzie is a superstar. It's because he's probably the starting slot receiver on the Bills, and he was free, right? Darness Johnson is kind of a hybrid. Um, Trey Lance and Zay Jones is definitely on a bad team but was a, the 20th round guy who was, in, in my process, way way undervalued, right? MVS. I do, we also have had long conversations about MVS. Do I love MVS as a player? No, I'm not blind. Like People are like, yeah, but he stinks. Anytime you say you like a, a player who might stink, people are like, oh, yeah, but he stinks. It's like, I, I, I am aware. It's, like, it's not like I sit here and close my eyes and pick guys and just say, oh, cool, he has a cool name. MVS, that's sweet. He's got an acronym for a name because his name's really long. I'm going to pick him. Like, no, obviously, I watch football. I fucking played and coached football. I understand the game of football and I also can pull up the metric. I have a PFF subscription. I have all these subscriptions, right? I can look at yards per route run and targets per route run and all that and his PFF grade and all that kind of stuff. I can look at reception perception. I'm aware of all these things too. However, like, unfortunately, You know, this isn't, uh, remember, remember the old game, what console was it? Was it for PS2 NFL head coach? Remember NFL head coach that game? Or like if you're a Madden bro that just plays franchise mode and doesn't play the games and just like simulates or, you know, uh, just wants to do the draft and all that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like that's what some people want to be. They want to be scouts. They want to build an NFL, an NFL team. And of course, talent matters in, in. This game, this crazy game that we play, the best players, right, are generally going to earn more opportunity. But, like, it's not binary. It's not like MVS thinks he can't produce fantasy points. MVS produced a shit ton of awesome fantasy point outcomes despite maybe sucking and Aaron Rodgers never giving him a chance and Devontae Adams soaking up all of all of the work. And so, you know, there's this weird push and pull between the the, the good team, bad team thing. Right, Amon Ross St. Brown was on a bad team last year, and then you know people will make the caveat. Oh yeah, but he was cheap. What's well, like? What? But that doesn't matter if you say that bad teams can't have good fantasy producers just because the guy was cheap. What if he was expensive? What if it was DeAndre Swift? Right. Uh, somebody brought up the Bucks from a couple of years ago. The Bucks were horrible. Jameis threw a million picks, but Jameis and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and those guys were gold mines. For fantasy. And so it's kind of a delicate balancing act, right? Um, that's why the Bears thing, it came down to the week 17 thing. A, Justin Fields is a high upside upside bet, even if low probability because of the Bears. Darnell Mooney is, do I expect Darnell Mooney to go in the first round next year? No, of course not. But um, that's not just the game that we're playing, right? This isn't traditional managed season-long fantasy football, where like, I, I'm not going to take, in my home league, I'm not going to take Darnell Mooney. Fuck no. Why would I take Darnell Mooney in the sixth round of my home league? I probably already got five wide receivers or four 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 wide receivers. I don't I don't need Darnell Mooney in my home league. And he doesn't really have necessarily the upside or even the floor of a guy that I want there. But in best ball, in this tournament specifically, like I get to draft, you know, 10 wide receivers or whatever. And so I get 10 and Darnell Mooney's one of them. I think he's gonna absolutely have plenty of weeks that I like, and I get him through to week 17 and he gets the Lions. And he has a twenty five percent target share. Let's do it, you know. Anyway, um, let's see here. Hit a couple questions, and then we'll start. I want to talk about um, some structure stuff, and then we'll start to get into like some of the player combinations, and uh, and all of that. Carlos loves loves Algier eighth eighth string, eighth string, um, Algier. Yeah, it's exactly it's it's it's. Pretty simple. Um, bad teams are allowed to have good players. It's, it's just... It is what it is. Um, Lou says, curious about the lack of Bengals stacks. Week 17 weather. A uh, couple things. The Bengals... So, I'll start with this. I I don't really take Joe Mixon, um, particularly on DraftKings. So, if we dive in Joe Mixon, I took Joe Mixon one... <laughs> I actually didn't know it was this low. One out of one hundred and fifty Joe Mixon teams. Let's look at that team actually. Uh, Joe Mixon. Um Actually, let's go. Let's go. We can we can look at the 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 lineups page and search. For, oh God! Dang it! Sorry. Search for our good buddy. Joe Mixon. Find the team with Joe Mixon. Here we go. The Joe Mixon team. Which, if if um, you have access to uh, the Spike Week Premium tools and you have access to Draft IQ here, this this lineups page is is pretty is is pretty pretty awesome. So um, highly recommend using it to kind of look through. Um, it's a first step in what should be something pretty awesome for the in season stuff that we're going to be working on. So you can like actually sweat your teams uh, a little bit better. I know like underdog does a little bit better job than, um, and, and underdog and drafters both do a little bit better job than DraftKings of you actually understanding kind of where you stand and stuff. But generally speaking, the uh, ability to sweat your teams once the season <laughs> starts and understand like what you're rooting for, how your teams are doing or whatever, other than just your raw exposure is pretty rough. Um, and so we're gonna try to we're gonna try to help with that, and this is a good a good first step. So anyway, I go look up, I go find my one team, with with Joe Mixon, and uh, let's see, oh Kyler and Justin Fields, what a surprise! And then it's an anchor Joe Mixon team, and I draft. So I drafted this team on July seventh. It's a hero hero running out of the out of the eight slot hero running back team two six nine three. So we got three tight ends. I just want to look at those tight ends really fast. Dawson Knox, Gerald Everett and Brevin Jordan is a interesting grouping at tight end, but we went with uh, the Kyler, probably another Kyler, Yep, Kyler Hollywood stack with fields, probably fields Mooney. I bet. Nope, no Mooney fields, Valus little fields, Valus Jones stack. Um, And a pretty typical kind of anchor anchor running back, elite quarterback team got the Drake London bring back for my, uh, cardinal stack got Justin. Look at that! Look at this! Isn't that fun? Justin, Je- I had to go and ruin. I got Justin Jefferson at the eighth pick, and I had to go and ruin it with a Joe with a Joe Mixon uh, with a Joe Mixon team. Um. So anyway, I don't really know what I was trying to uh, talk about with with uh, with Joe Mixon. Oh. Uh, you asked me asked about uh, the uh, the bengal's thing so a couple things uh, sorry let me go back to uh, go back to my exposure and such the big thing is a i don't really take joe mixon um i think he's pretty overvalued particularly on ppr sites i know he caught some balls last year a, a good chunk of balls but i think that was just and i i still project him to catch some passes this year but uh I, I think they've made it clear both actually verbally and through their actions that Joe Mixon is really kind of an early down guy for them. Um, some, some combination of Samaj Peron and, and Chris Evans are going to play on passing downs and also spell Joe Mixon. So he's really kind of, a a, uh, you know, a 65%, 70%, let's call it 70% running back. That's not going to play passing downs. um, you know, really uh, the offense is great, but really touchdown dependent type player. That's not going to project to catch a ton of balls and is very game script dependent. And I don't really want to take that guy where, where he goes given, um, kind of what I can get at receiver or even some other running backs like the Deandre swifts, Saquon Barkley's, et cetera, that we talked about before. Um, then you have Jamar chase who I take actually don't, actually don't know how much chase I have. Um, Uh, so 7% Jamar Chase, which is about kind of what you expect. You know, it's a 1% less than what you would generally expect to get um, based on randomness, randomness, right? And so Jamar Chase, I love Jamar Chase. I don't have really anything negative to say about Jamar Chase other than I prefer Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup, <laughs> you know? So um, I was just kind of about always going to get at the field on Chase. And then I do probably have a good clip of T. Higgins, Fifteen percent, so double the field or so on on T Higgins, and it's just kind of one of those things. I'm not taking Joe Bur. I don't personally want to stack Joe Burrow with without one of these guys. Like I, I don't hate Tyler Boyd. Um, we can see how much Tyler Boyd I have. I don't hate Tyler Boyd, but I'm not again kind of at the field on Tyler Boyd. I'm not like really excited to stack uh, Joe Burrow with those guys. And I liked a lot of the other quarterbacks around. Um, Joe Burrow better, and to your point, out of those week seventeen games, especially when you start to cost adjust, when Chase goes in the first and T goes in, the, you know, at the two three turn, and Burrow goes in the sixth or seventh, you start to cost adjust, and it's like, well, I can get the Chiefs cheaper, I can get the I can get the Broncos cheaper, I can get my Cardinals way cheaper, uh, and it just never fell. it's just like kind of never really fell together. I don't hate them, but it's the outdoor game, you know, on January first in. Uh, probably really bad weather. And those two defenses, particularly the Bills, the Bills were the number one DVOA defense last year. Now, offense trumps you know good offense beats good defense, but it, outdoors, bad weather, should be pretty decent defense. I just kind of um, broke ties in other directions. And now, like I said, you see, I do have my fair share of the Bengals. I absolutely have my fair share of the Bills. I mean, Gabe Davis is my second highest owned player, and I know I have a lot of digs. 19%, 19% digs. Um so I'm not avoiding those teams, they're awesome offenses. It was just kind of cost and however how the drafts all fell together that I'm, you know, I mean I have 40%. It's it's not like I'm like underweight the field or whatever to combos from that game, but just not quite as high as the other two because of how drafts kind of come together. You know, you can like almost always get at least RIP Tim Patrick before Tim Patrick got hurt. You can like almost always get a Denver KC combination into your, into your drafts. If you want it, uh, both teams have players at every single portion of the draft. So it's just much easier to get those, those combinations. And then I don't know what it is. Kyler falls to the sixth or seventh round every draft on, on DraftKings, And so I don't know, it was just hard for me not to, to, to take him. Um, Let's see. Nate says, every time I go robust, I hate my team. That's pretty much how I feel too. Particularly on DraftKings, and I think that's an important point. People will treat all sites the same. They just say, this is fantasy football. right? I read an article or I listened to a podcast. Somebody told me to pick this guy or don't pick this guy or somebody told me I should like Derrick Henry or I should like Joe Mixon or I should like whatever. But like on DraftKings, full PPR with these bonuses and you get 20 rounds, you can, I'm not saying avoid early running back because I have my fair share. You see 32% hero running back, right? But you, you just smash all these early running backs. You have locked yourself out of most of the best wide receivers in the NFL, almost all the best wide receivers in the NFL. And then if you want to try to recover at wide receiver, now you're going to lock yourself out of all the best quarterbacks or the best tight ends. And you just push yourself into this corner where in full PPR with those bonuses, the third round, fourth round, fifth round running backs are just not going to be able to match the superstar wide receivers. And you might be able to get one or two superstar wide receivers in with that type of structure, but you're just never going to get – as much firepower across your entire team because you're going to be chasing at every other position, and the hardest positions to chase at are at wide receiver, at tight end, and at quarterback. It's easier to chase at running back because so many of these players are binary, right? We saw it last year: Singletary, Penny, James Conner, etc. It's just it a running back can can the the switch can flip in so many different. Through so many different paths, whether it's Singletary just taking over the role, James Connor scoring touchdowns on a good offense, and then taking over the role because of injury, right? Rashad Penny just gets an injury, et cetera, um, and that that just doesn't exist really for for wide receivers. Like I talked about, Tyler Boyd. I don't mind Tyler Boyd. I think he does have contingent upside, but it's not it's not Rashad Penny contingent upside from last year. It's not Sony Michelle or Daryl Henderson contingent upside from last year. So. Um, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, I wrote about this. Devin says I have a lot of bills. Bengals stacks, but I'm worried that game is the let is uh, the letdown of Week 17. I definitely, I definitely think that there's uh, to Al's point here. The Bengals face New England, Tampa Bay, and Buffalo in the playoffs. Three like strong defenses. Again, I'm not and, and a couple of uh, bad weather spots. I'm not like out on them. Of course, I. It's Jamar Chase, T Higgins. Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd, I like these players. So I'm not, it's not the first thing you decide, you know, it's when you create a decision tree for these drafts, it's not like, Oh, the playoff schedule in week 17, but it is a factor. And I think if you're not factoring it in at all, I think that's a big mistake. Now you have to toe the line on how much to factor it in. And that's the most difficult part not to go overboard because you don't just fade Jamar Chase could end up being one of the best wide receivers of all time. You don't just fade him because he has a not great playoff schedule. If he's, you know, Jerry Rice, none of that shit matters, but it is a factor. It goes into the equation. And so when you get that playoff schedule and then as Devin says, there is potential like for that game to be a little bit of a letdown, right? With the weather, good defenses, these teams might be playing for something, (laughs) you know? And so maybe they're a little tighter. I don't know. I'm making up bullshit, but, you guys, you guys get the point. Um, okay, let's hit this question. I'm gonna keep the questions coming. I prefer the questions as opposed to me just like talking about structure and all that shit. But um, so mid, the questions are great. Keep the questions coming. Sags says after maxing the 150, is there any player, stack, team, game, structure, or combination you wish you had more exposure to? And then on the flip side, you do that you wish you had less of. So I haven't been able to. I literally just finished, totally finished the 150 um, this afternoon. So I've been able to completely dig in um, to those to those combinations. But we can kind of look through a little bit of that first. Um, I will. I will be totally honest. Uh, as a zero RB bro, 26% is a little lower than I probably um, would have kind of hoped that it would be. Um, I would have, I I was shooting for a little bit higher number. It's just sometimes it doesn't work out that way, you know? Um, and I have, I have a very strong, you know, kind of stand, if you will, on, um, a couple of those early running backs that I thought particularly early in draft. So you see here, I'm, I'm looking at Saquon. I have 25% Saquon when Saquon was going in the third round, I just couldn't resist. And so I'm naturally not going to, uh, uh, I'm not going to have zero running back teams that have third round, or I've also still been taking him in, in the second round. Um, I mentioned Deandre Swift. I like, so I have 17% Deandre Swift, uh, Javante Williams, you know, another one of my guys, it's, excuse me, it's largely those three guys. And then of course, Christian McCaffrey about at the field. I didn't take very much. Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) I have three, three, Jonathan Taylor. Um, Three Jonathan Taylor uh, teams that. Uh, uh, sorry, wife, wife was wife was texting me. I brought the I brought the dog down and I was supposed to lock him in here and I didn't and I didn't lock him in here. Um, we trudge on. Uh, yeah, fifty six percent elite tight end. This this is when I could go back and I could go back and forth on on whether I you know love it, hate it, whatever. I think. Um, I would definitely still kind of prefer to be a little bit more. Um, let me go to this would be easier um, to look at the running back stuff because we can see uh, filter by running back. If I, if I look at just the, just the running backs, you know, kind of at the top of the oh, sort it by ADP, the running backs by it. running backs by ADP. So you see, I mean, I'm pretty happy with this. Too. Honestly, I was kind of, intending to take a stand against Jonathan Taylor and full PPR going at the 101 only took him a couple times obviously and uh CMC maybe wish I had a smidge more of but that is a little bit like you can only get if you, you got to have him in you know the top 3 picks or whatever so I was taking him generally about every chance that I could I took him at the 101 a couple times I've obviously taken him at 2 and my average ADP on him was 2.7 so I got him at 3 Sometimes um, Eckler, I was also, I, I, I like Austin Eckler as a player, but um, I was taking a bit of a stand against him and in taking a stand on the digs and the Devontes, uh and Kelsey's of the world. Um, did literally zero Derrick Henry. Um, I don't totally hate Dalvin Cook, but again, it was just Dalvin, Najee, Mixon. These guys were the guys that fell into the bucket of I'm taking on Diggs and Travis Kelsey and those guys over them. Um, so I'm totally fine with the exposure there. Uh, Saquon Swift, good with Aaron Jones is a little bit of, um, I kind of have my, my take on the Packers and, uh, Uh, I I was tempted a little bit to bring that Aaron Jones number up just because of full PPR. But again, it was like, I would have to take him over Swift and Saquon. And then I'd, sometimes you have to take him over like CD or something like that. And it was just tough for me to do that. So, um, Aaron Jones could be a guy I wish I had a little bit, a little bit more of, um, (laughs) wish I had 0% Nick Chubb. Um, just looking through the running backs. That's about, uh, that's about what? What I would guess. Let me look at the wide receivers. Oh, great question! Um, and I, I saw. I'm sorry, I missed uh, what you said, Eric, with a C. I'll come back to you. Um, did you do any Saquon Swift teams since they're both second round picks and you are high on them? I think so. I hope so. We're gonna find out, aren't we, Hacker? Take a look, DeAndre Swift. Saquon Barkley, huh. two, twice, twice. So yes, technically yes. Um, and I think this is about fine. <clears throat> this is about you know I'm high on them. Would I maybe want a couple more of this start? You know at the one-two turn. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Also, it's possible that I got some of these. Uh, I need a. Actually, let's do that. Let's look at that. Let's go to the let's go uh to let's go to the lineups and look at the uh go to DraftKings and we search for Swift. Sorry. Search for DeAndre Swift and we search for Saquon Barkley. We find the two teams and we can see, yeah. The uh the Saquon Swift teams have hundred percent of the Fields Fields Mooney. There's a there's a to the to the question of uh is there anything you wish you had less of? I, I wish I maybe had one or two more of these Swift Saquon teams, and I wish they didn't both have <laughs> and I wish they didn't all have Fields Mooney stacks on them. Uh, let's see here. So yeah. Wow. Look at this. Both draft what the hell is this shit? Four, six, seven, three. i three. I'm kind of upset you asked this because this is embarrassing. I don't know what happened on this team. Maybe a little auto draft, little auto draft action, but we can look at it nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> wow. Uh, so very, very early in draft season, uh, we took, we did, I did take Swift and Saquon at the one, two turn there and then hit Mike Williams and Hollywood. Oh my God. This team is terrible. Um, uh, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill. Travis. Hey, we got good ETN. Good ETN value. Good Gainwell value. Um, good KJ Hamler value. That's about it. Terrible team. Um, then the other one, Fields, Wilson, Wentz. With Saquon and Swift. But this one was your... Uh, uh, 31 overall. I mean, that's pretty sick. So we donated one $5 team to get, to get one with a, uh, you know, it's a late round quarterback. Those quarterbacks are not super, not super sexy, but uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, who is, where's is the first round pick Kelsey? It's gotta be Kelsey. So Kelsey, Kelsey in the first round, Swift in the second round. Hold on. Swift in the second round. Um, Saquon in the third and then get Hollywood and and Judy. My dog is barking like a mother. Uh, One second. Okay. Sorry about that. Always something with the dogs. All right. So this is this is a really good like depiction though of some early drafts. Obviously, it is a late round quarterback team, and the Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Carson Wentz pairing is gonna have to do some work. But you take Travis Kelsey at the 107, and when you draft early, you get Swift in the second round, then you get at the three, what, the 307, you get Saquon Barkley. Got Miles Sanders a little bit after current ADP, got Tony Pollard way after current ADP. Whether you like Khalil Herbert or not, got him at pick 200, right? Got Jerry Judy at 55, Gabe Davis, 66, Darnell Mooney, 79, MVS, 114, Jahan Dotson, 175, right? Oh, got it, got a backdoor. Anytime you don't have a stack with Zach Wilson, you got a backdoor. You got a Galaxy Brain backdoor, the Braxton Perios bullshit. Uh, and, uh, and then Cole Komet. I mean, even Cole Komet is way higher than this now. Right? So, um, kind of the uh tale of two stories there, right? Between uh the the Swift, the Swift and uh and Saquon. Carlos says you definitely need a little more Swift Saquon if that's one of your teams with them too. Yeah, agreed. But at least I got one good one. So we'll be rooting for the Fields Wilson Carson Wentz combo on uh, on DraftKings because the other team, the other team is pretty good. Um, one more draft to go. Got to make it a swift Saquon team. I agree. Um, let's see. Okay, I'm sorry I missed your question, Eric. Let me let me double back and find it. What was uh? Um... sorry. Are you asking if you know they are going to score nothing but be a must own in the? Okay, here's the question. Random question, but if a late round running back. Didn't score a point until a 25 to 30 point blow up in week 17 in a spot start situation. When would you take them? Yeah. These situations, these questions are always very difficult. I don't have a good, I've thought about it plenty for sure. I don't have a, I don't have a super good answer for specifically when I would take them, but it would probably be pretty high, <laughs> especially on draft because because um, if I can, if I know I can just load up at wide receiver quarterback and tight end early and then figure out a way to make make my way through the regular season and then get that guy in the whatever, I don't know, ninth round or something like that and just like lock, just be like, okay, I know I got that 25 to 30 points in week 17 in that ninth round, and I got 19 other picks to make this thing work around it, and know I can just like smash. I, or You could do a hero running back team, whatever, you know, um, probably decently, decently early. Um, let's see here on to the structures. Uh, elite tight end was something I, you know, was really passionate about early on, largely because when I would get, so Travis Kelsey is my sixth overall player on draft on both sides, I think, but on, on draft uh, especially, and then Kyle Pitts, I have way Ahead of ADP and a player I really wanted to have a bunch of, so I mean, shoot, you see, you see here, I have 29% Kyle Pitts and 19% Travis Kelsey. So just right there, I have 56% elite tight end, and it's mostly Kelsey and it's it's mostly it's mostly Kelsey and Pitts. Uh, I actually don't have very much Waller. I was kind of not totally intentionally taking a stand against Darren Waller, but kind of because I wanted those o- those other tight ends. Um, and then seven percent Kittle, so I was kind of, excuse me, largely matching the field. Uh, intentionally took it, took zero Mark Andrews. Uh, was intentionally taking a stand against Mark Andrews in the second round, and so it's a lot of Kelsey. It's just Kelsey Pitts, right? Is the elite tight end, and I go back and forth on that. Where I feel pretty good about that number because I want to have specifically of those two players, I wanted to have um, pretty high exposure in this tournament, but then like you see the late round tight end thing here, which is, you know, so obviously that doesn't, that makes 77%, but like, honestly, if I could kind of barbell it, I I might, and I wish I probably would have got onto a little bit of the late round tight end, even a smidge earlier, where I just wrote an article the other day that, um, what I, what I called the undrafted tight end strategy, where I think this year, There's a lot of benefits, again, especially in this tournament where Week 17 is so important. Trying to find ways to leverage against the field in Week 17 is like really, really hard. And if you give yourself three shots on goal with these undrafted tight ends, right? Trey McBride, Jonu Smith, Daniel Bellinger, Greg Dolchich, uh Isaiah Likely is a guy who uh I rec- I just recently within the last like week or so started taking a bunch of, so I have six Isaiah Likely teams. Um Trey McBride I think I actually have a lot of yeah 17% Trey McBride um let's go to Bellinger 9% Daniel Bellinger um trying to think of some others. I don't have much Janu. Two Janu teams. Uh which I had a little more Janu. But uh, but that that speaks to Janu but it also speaks to the fact that I do wish I had m- kind of more of these Undrafted tight ends and rotating them through, because when you think about week 17 and you think about the fact that out of, out of a thousand teams that get there, there's going to be so, so much overlap, and there's one position that is the most volatile scoring position, And it's the one position where, yes, the elites are awesome, right? I mean, I drafted 56 percent of the elite tight end teams, but there's only a few of them, five, basically. Right, So you have to fade the five elite tight ends, and then we historically know that those middle-round tight ends are all kind of like don't have the The Dalton Schultz. I really like Dallas Goddard, but like Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard, even TJ Hawkinson, Pat Fryermuth, those guys, like they have some juice, but generally speaking, they just can't do the Travis Kelsey Cowpitz thing or George Kittle or Darren Waller or Mark Andrews and so you're paying a premium for a little bit more upside maybe and a and mostly mostly more floor is really what you're paying for with the the rounds you know 8 to 13 tight ends and so i then when you get to Noah Fant and Gerald Everett and Hayden Hurst and Evan Ingram and those guys i like those guys fine but the difference between them and Trey McBride and all that from a pure upside perspective yes again they have a little bit higher floors but mixing and matching so like tyler conklin i was i was mixing in so i've seven tyler conklin teams 5% tyler conklin It's so mixing like tyler conklin in there with with those with those guys right the the brevin jordan gets drafted but same thing just like mixing in through trying to find leverage on the field with those late round tight ends um I feel like something I wish I did a little bit, a little bit more. So like kind of barbelling, you know, the barbell thing is so played out, but the barbell of, of elite tight end versus like literally undrafted tight end. I took some Kylan. If, if anybody knows me, if you followed me at all, I took some Kylan Granson teams. I have four Kylan Granson teams where like, I, I just want to cycle through those guys that, uh, you know, are going, are going undrafted. Um, And so that's something I maybe wish I did a little bit more slash slash differently. Um, Thank you, CJ. It made me hot too. It made me, it made me, I'm glad that you can only see me, you can only see me from uh, kind of the, the chest, the chest up. Let's just say that. Kidding. Jordan says, would you rather have Deontay Johnson and, Ooh, Deontay Johnson and Aaron Jones or T Higgins, and Elijah Mitchell, full PPR redraft league. Oh, I didn't catch the redraft league part. Might as well answer the, the redraft league question. Uh, Probably Deontay and Aaron Jones. Um, let's see here. Shout out Devin. Average ADP on Nico Collins, 200. Jake, 47 shares of Nico. Average ADP of 189. Sitting on my hands. Yeah, I would too um i think i hit most of all those other questions so we can talk about some of these uh some of these structures before we get out of here devin says i wish i could redo my 150 max lineups knowing what i know now but there's so much value that's impossible to get nowadays yeah um that's one thing that like the other thing about drafting early is like you don't know what you don't know And there's only the only way to figure it out is by is by drafting. You know, you if you just saved all your 150 bullets for the very end of the draft season. Like you're going to have teams that you hate that you draft in August too. you know, but you miss out on the potential monsters from earlier. Right. So, I mean, we just pulled up my two teams. That the, the two of 150 that have Swift and Saquon on them. And one of them is a fucking juggernaut. It's it has crushed. You want to talk about closing line value, like we talked about earlier, but not just closing line value. The the projection on that team has risen over the course of the offseason, based on based on public sentiment, whatever, right? Like almost every player on that team has risen like a bunch outside of like the first two rounds because you can only rise so much in the first two rounds, but there's guys that have risen several, several rounds on that, on that team. And then you have the flip side, the other team that I, I don't know if I auto drafted or I was drunk or what, that I just took a terrible team. And uh, I think that even had to Ryan Tannehill, Austin Hooper or whatever, just an absolutely awful team, but you're going to have attrition on your 150 teams you're never gonna draft all of them perfectly how you want them. It's just not gonna happen. And so you have to kind of figure that out. And I do like to do it early because doing it early, if if you are in tune a little bit, you can still make mistakes and get tons of value early on. And then you can always double back and you have that frame of reference on, oh, the ADP was this in May or June. And I can reference that in August and September. As I as I go through my draft. Omar says, Do you think it's more likely to get those potential monsters later on DK because of the bad drafters? Like underdog, you get locked out of certain early combos, but DK, anything goes. Yeah, yes and no. You definitely have a better chance on DraftKings late compared to underdog and drafters to get a, a studly squad. But ADP shifts so far from May. To uh, to like late August that even even if guys are doing stupid shit, you know the like Trey Lance is not going at 120 anymore. Ever, no matter how bad your draft room is, it's not happening. And then the real key to the monster stuff is not just guys moving up and down because of market sentiment. It's moving up and down because we either gained new it, because we gained new information that could be an injury. Which is gonna happen. Unfortunately, no one's rooting for it, but that's just what it is. You you draft early because you know injuries are coming and you just kind of hope that it plays out in your favor. It might not. I have 42% Hollywood Brown. He could be the guy that tears his ACL. I sure fucking hope not, but it's it's possible. That's the risk. But it could also be I have Dearness Johnson and Nick Chubb blows out his knee in camp. And I have 20 I have 36, I have 53 teams with. 20th round dearness johnson on him so that's how you really create the monsters or right you draft you were drafting isaiah pacheco in the 20th round and nobody knew it that he was a thing but you did and now he he shoots up right new information is more than just market sentiment hacker said it's also hard when you take when you have takes early that you change your mind on but you have those guys on your teams with early value. Yeah. That's also part of it. Um, That's just like the hardest part of fantasy football in general. Um, Best ball drafting over the course of the entire summer is like, we're, we're humans. We're allowed to change our minds, you know, but you don't get to go back. (laughs) You don't get to go back and fix that team that you, you know, didn't love now. Right. Maybe you like Derrick Henry in may, and now you don't like Derrick Henry. You drafted some Derrick Henry teams that got all this value on it. Um, Devin says I'm so low on Dalvin Cook, but I have so much Madison. For some reason, I'm really low on Elliott and Pollard. I just need things to go my way. I heard that. Lou says, given the Giants depth chart, what do you think about Matt Breda? Yes, yeah, I know he sucks. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you're. I'm not the. I'm glad that you did that because I'm not the only one that had to preface like when I got down to MVS. I'm like. Yes, I have all this MVS and Zay. I promise you I know that they're not good. So like don't don't roast me. Um so I appreciate that you added that in there. But um I'm totally fine with Matt Breda. I think I may have taken him. Hey, look at that. We got one we got one Matt Breda team. Uh out of one, one out of one out of 150. But I was taking a little bit more of a stand on Saquon. And so I probably should have taken a, a smidge, a smidge more Brita, but it was a little bit more of just a Saquon take for me than like a, uh, oh, this is a good situation. Give me the backup type of type of a thing. Um, and I, I'm i a little concerned that like, yes, Brita would obviously get a big boost in value uh, if something were to happen to Saquon, but I'm a little bit concerned that, Frida has never, ever earned any form of a workhorse role. And uh, when he has gotten anything remotely considering it or uh, uh, close to it, he has gotten injured. And I just fear that it would still end up kind of a committee and he would be helpful, but maybe not like a stone cold smash. Cool on 2K says, why is no one talking about receiver strategy where you take someone boring, but producing? guys like Thielen and uh and then some hit some home run hitters later like Van Jeff and Robbie. Late, I think um it's a combination of a couple things. One, I do think people or at least here, I hope I we have talked about archetypes, which is basically what you're talking about, right? Art, player archetypes. Is 100% like player archetypes is like a major 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 focus of everything that I do and I think it should be a major focus of everything of, of what everyone does um, the thing that is a little bit more difficult in terms of the wide receiver stuff is I really just kind of want not not just home run hitters but I really just want like a lot of the upside guys period um, now I, I, I think I took Thielen once today it might have been, been my only Thielen team See, I got seven. I got seven Thielen teams. But it's kind of, you get to draft a lot of wide receivers, and so the boring guys are okay, and they have their place for sure, but it's almost like I would generally just prefer, like if I'm going to take eight to ten wide receivers, just give me eight to ten guys that have upside. And now Thielen has upside. He's a, doesn't have upside to be, you know, a league winner probably, but on a week to week basis, he has upside, but it's just kind of a, where I think upside is like kind of the end all be all. And, you know, I know people, some people disagree on like the Jarvis Landry's of the world. I I just don't want that guy. I would just, just give me the, give me him and Garrett Wilson go closely. Just give me the rookie, give me the MVS. Give me the rookie. Give me the upside archetype as opposed to kind of the steady veteran that's going to get me my 10 points every week. Cause I'm trying to win a million. I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to win that 250 and lose $500 <laughs> on my entry fees. Um, are you taking any Jeff Wilson or Trey Sermon to, lo- <laughs> to lock up the RB1 in San Francisco by the playoffs? I've taken a lot of Tyrion Davis Price to answer your question. 23% Tyrion, Tyrion Davis price. Um, I do think I took sermon once. Yeah, there's, there's once no Jeff Wilson for me. Uh, I don't think I took Eli, to, to no, no, no Eli Mitchell though, for me. So it was more of a Tyrion Davis price, but I do wish I mixed in to whoever's question it was about uh, uh, you know, what do you wish you did differently? Um, sermon would probably be a guy I wish I took, took a couple more, took a couple more shots on. Devin says it's also funny how we hear news on a player for a few days, then we draft him in a handful of lineups, then we <laughs> then we forget about him. And that's just how much of them we have by the time the season starts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh the Sermon team I drafted was recently here during during camp. Perfect example. I was like, nope, not doing the not doing the trace, not doing Lucy with the football with Trey Sermon again this year, even though he's in the undrafted. He's literally undrafted all summer. Draft 150 teams, no Trey Sermon. And then there's a little bit of hype, just a little. And I'm like, mm. You know, I draft a lot of zero running back teams. Maybe we can sprinkle Trey Sermon in. Like I drafted one team. Like, what's the fucking point of one Trey Sermon team? Just draft a guy that you already have. Like if Trey Sermon hits, it didn't <laughs> it probably didn't help you. Uh anyway, let's see. Um, really quick before we before we get out of here. Um, if you have any questions, like further follow-up questions to this. You ever want to ask, show up to one of the streams, I'm more than happy to literally t- ask for a player. I'll show you my exposure. I'll show you teams that have him. I don't care. I'm an open book. Um, on top of that, if you want to know anything at all, go hop in the Discord, at me. Um, probably not a DM, but hop into the DK Strategy channel or, or whatever and uh, hit me up. I'm more than happy to, to answer any, any questions at absolutely any time. The thing that I did kind of want to briefly touch on, we talked about the week 17. We kind of talked about some of the, the players I'm high on, low on, combinations, et cetera, is the structure thing. We talked about the elite tight end. You also see 54% elite quarterback. Again, largely driven by the fact that I've <laughs> 38% um. Kyler Murray, but I did try to get, you know, I, I I wish I had a little bit more Mahomes. I started taking him again at the end. He was part of what became a little bit of me being a victim of the strategy that I took in terms of when to draft. Actually, A, uh, what Hacker said about like your opinions do kind of change. My opinion has changed a little bit on Patrick Mahomes. Not a lot. A little bit on Patrick Mahomes. Like I haven't moved him in my rankings, but he's fallen in ADP. But it's like only recently that he's gotten to the point where like, oh, I really like him now you know, in the fifth round, he used to go in the third, <laughs> third, fourth. And like, I couldn't stomach taking him over other guys, but part of my strategy of when I'm drafting, just, I'm, I'm just not going to get a lot of the, in this contest, right. I'm not going to get a lot of, um, I, I forced myself to take some Josh Allen just because I didn't want to have a 150 teams with zero Josh Allen, but same thing. I mean, he goes at like the two, three turn. It's, it's just it's just very tough um Lamar I really like Lamar but this with a 300 yard bonus and all of that I like Lamar though 100 yard bonus helps helps offset that with Lamar but not so much right you know Brady's throwing for 300 yards every week Mahomes throwing for 300 yards every week Lamar's running for 100 a few times a year but the the passing nature of the site hurts Lamar a little bit. And he's actually a little bit more expensive here than maybe on some other sites. So again, just kind of a victim of site. And I mean, like I said, you know, Kyler, it's just so much cheaper than these other guys. And then you get into, I have a lot of Russ, you know, Russ goes in the eighties Lamar goes in the forties. And so I end up with uh, a lot more Russ. I'm trying to think here. Um, Obviously Trey Lance, right. Trey Lance being a crux, Oh. Strategy really quick. I actually want to check and see what my uh uh yeah. So here's a perfect example. Trey Lance's current ADP is 83. I have 35% in this tournament, and the average ADP on those those teams is 97. So I've still taken him a little bit, you know, as he, as he's risen, but so many of my teams are in the hundreds. Of Trey Lance, I mean, we're talking about two rounds of value on a lot of teams. Obviously, not all of them, since it's really only one round on average. But that means some teams were getting, you know, two rounds of value on um, on on Trey Lance, and so it was just these guys. um, Let's see, Russell Wilson, Russ. I'm about, you know, (laughs) let's you see, he's ranked 68th. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to push it. Uh, with an average adp of 79 you know i'm still taking him around after where i have him ranked but the market you know is i guess still a little bit down on russ fields my adp is probably terrible Eh, about about kind of what you would um uh let me see here paul says but so many pauls so many pauls and eric's so many Paul's and Eric's with so many teams. How do you go about who what to cheer for week to week? Do you usually wait until it gets closer to the playoffs and it becomes clear what your best teams are? Excellent question. So I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. The first step in what we are doing at Spike Week to try to improve upon this exact, literally this question that that you're you're asking is a pain point for everyone in the every best ball player on the planet deals with this. It's like you kind of have to just like close the book on your teams. Nobody closes the book. Everybody goes. I don't know anybody that doesn't go in and check on Sundays or Mondays or Tuesdays or whatever. Be like, oh, look, look where my team is. I'm advancing this many teams. Right. Some people are tracking it week to week. Here's how many teams I'm advancing. Those people, God bless them. Uh, but what we we built out, you'll see this. So obviously we have a lot of, of data here in in draft IQ, but the first step was building out literally having all of your lineups so you can see the teams, you know, so week one happens, Jonathan Taylor plays the Texans and I can say, okay, it's time to go look at my Jonathan Taylor teams. I like, oh, got, got three of them and I can kind of get a sense right of what my Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor teams look like this, like I said, is a first step in some things that we want to build out. So you can get a clear picture of wh- exactly what you said, what to root for, what the hell do I do during the season? How do I know what teams are are doing well? How do I know what combinations of players I'm rooting for? Because like you said, I have 40%, you know, Gabe Davis or whatever. My best teams may not have him. That's still 60% of my portfolio that doesn't have Gabe Davis. And so it's very, very possible that, you know, the teams I really need to root for throughout the year are not the Gabe Davis ones. And so, um, to answer your question, that is something that we're working on. I don't have an awesome solution for it yet, but this this lineups page and everything from within Draft IQ should theoretically help with that. Just off the just from the jump, even as it is right now, because you you can see anything and everything about not just one player, right? But uh, let's use a different. Uh, but um, my if my guys are hitting you know my my two highest owned wide receivers are hitting right i can i can literally look at all those teams quickly much more quickly uh within here look at all the look at all those sweet sweet gabe hollywood combination teams here man that that is that is very very fun let's look at this may 21st zero rb elite tight end from the 3 spot Oh, Kirk cousins we took jefferson we took jefferson Stacked them, stacked them with Cousins and Thielen. Got a little KJ Hamler, Kyle Pitts action. Goddamn Bears. So many Bears. A.J. Dillon, C.E.H., Kenny Gainwell, Khalil Herbert, Jamal Williams, John T. Foreman, and Chris Evans. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but uh, you see what I'm talking about. Let's see. Omar says "Join late. So maybe you talked about it, but your thoughts on the Hollywood dip. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, probably one of the good things to wrap up with because I was drafting Hollywood in the fourth round. <laughs> I don't have, I can pull that up too. Uh, let me go back. I don't have uh, probably good quote unquote value on, on Hollywood because uh, <laughs> I was, like I said, I was, I was drafting him way yeah, I've gotten horrible, horrible value on Hollywood. Horrible. My average ADP's forty-three because I was taking drafting him early like crazy because I thought he was a smash, you know, in the in the fourth round. And now he falls to the fifth, sixth. And so my take is that I'm gonna draft him. I'm gonna keep drafting him and I'm gonna keep drafting him because he's one of my favorite one of my favorite picks, especially in this tournament. I may not draft him quite as much. I I didn't like set out to say, I'm going to draft 43% Hollywood Brown. I set out to draft him because I really liked him. Kyler was falling. It all worked out really well. Kyle Pitts was one of my favorite picks. Everything kind of all worked together. And then he just kept falling and he kept falling and he kept falling. And I just kept taking him and I just kept taking him. And so, you know, sometimes you just take what the market gives you. And that's kind of what happened for me with, with Hollywood. So For me personally, if I was continuing to draft in this tournament, I would keep smashing Hollywood, Kyler, Kyler stacks. And I will be doing so in, in, uh, uh, other, other, other tournaments. Um, again, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, whatever, hit me up in discord, hit me up on Twitter, come join another show, ask the questions. I will show you any of the exposure, anything that you want to see. Um, we didn't get into even everything that I, you know, maybe even hope that we did we're, we're an hour and 20 in and that's how much we could talk about. We could investigate every single possible player combination exposure, but hopefully that helped to kind of see somebody who um, has basically maxed out that specific tournament and talking through some of the strategy and roster construction um, and answering some of the questions. Hopefully that helps we're not going to be done with draftkings content. I assure you, I assure you of that. And if you want some more draftkings content, there is a playbook up, which I pulled up at the very start of the stream. A playbook up for that $5 millimaker tournament on the site. There's a playbook up for single entry and small field stuff. Gonna have a playbook up for the $25. There's going to be all sorts of draftkings stuff. Obviously, there's there's rankings which I need to fix. There's rankings up on the site. Everything you need to know for DraftKings. We're not done with DraftKings stuff, but I wanted to kind of take the time to go through the uh uh the portfolio the old portfolio as uh as we finally got to the end of uh the the Millie maker that uh that I've been working on for months for months now. But um I'll be back tomorrow. Best ball theory on Thursdays at this exact same time, five PM Eastern. Um and then back on Friday we'll be hopping into another draft stream. So I will see you guys tomorrow. Everybody have a wonderful evening and I will catch you guys later. Peace.